morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. All right, are you ready to get in tonight? We have been studying, or we uh, really kind of came to a conclusion last week. Uh, we've been teaching on the subject of faith. And so hopefully you got some things out of that. You learned some things. You're able to apply some things. But tonight I wanted to, to teach a little bit on the subject of prayer, just some things that have been stirring in my heart. And uh, in regards to prayer, you know, we ought to have or develop a lifestyle of prayer. And what that means, a lifestyle of prayer, again, just because of our religious thinking and traditional uh, mindset, we oftentimes we think of prayer as when I kneel beside my bed or when I pray over my meal or it's kind of this formal uh, postured thing of, of praying and talking to God. And a lot of it comes to just really giving God my wish list. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. And God, will you please help and intervene and do all these other things? But really, when you think about prayer, prayer is nothing more than communicating or talking to God, right? I mean, you could say in one sense, I pray to my wife. I pray to my kids. What does that mean? I'm communicating. I'm talking to them. And really, that's what prayer is all about. It's just having a communication or a constant interaction with God, asking Him for direction, fellowshipping with Him, giving Him praise. And so, you know, it's one of those things that I've often found. In fact, when God speaks to you, in fact, if you didn't know that, God will talk to you back. You know, so many times I've heard this statement before. It's like, God talks to you. Watch out for them, people, because they say God talks to them. Listen, if you call yourself a believer and you're not hearing God talk to you, then you might, well, you might want to check up whether or not you're really a believer or not because there is an exchange of God talking to you. And you might say, well, what does that sound like? Does he talk audibly? No, the Bible speaks of an inward, still small voice of just communicating with you. In fact, again, there's a number of examples we could share, but you know, there's a number of times where I'm, I'm talking to the Lord about things and maybe there's a certain issue that I'm dealing with or there's something that I have a question on. And without fail and extremely quickly, oftentimes God will answer that question. But here's how he'll answer it. Like if there'll be times where I'm, I might be ministering on something and I have an idea or something came up and I'm like, God, is that right? If I, if I make that point, is that correct? And every single time, he'll give me scripture to answer the question that I had. And he'll always give me two or three scriptures to validate the point. Or he'll make correction to give me opposite direction. And how do I know that? Is it like I'm tuned in, you know, with my ear, you know, and I'm like, I hear him talking right now. No, it's just an inward knowing. I'm like, okay, yeah, and I'll go check out the script. Yep, that's what the Word says. Okay, yeah, praise the Lord. Answered my question. And so God will begin to speak to you in that still, small voice. And the more you become acquainted with it, the more you'll recognize that it's God talking to you. And how many of you know that there's times where there's miscommunication? How many of you have ever had miscommunication between your husband and wife? Never. Somebody like, nope. Well, when there's those times of miscommunication, you know, you can be extremely adamant. Well, I knew you said that. I did not say that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You said that. I did not, right? 
Well, how many of you know that you can kind of be that way with God sometimes, thinking like, I know God said that, and God's like, I never said that. I'm for sure, God, you said that. And God's like, nope, I didn't say that. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you get frustrated in those moments to say, oh, man, I just can't hear from God? No, what you identified or you learned is that, okay, I learned how I misheard God, and that just helps tune my listening better. Does that make sense? When you're talking to your husband or wife, you know, I guess this is why there's maybe a lot of divorces. You know, they just say, oh, you know what, well, I ain't talking to you no more. I just, if, it, if I can't ever get a straight answer, if I don't, you know, I ain't going to talk to you anymore. And so, obviously, again, the, the relationship breaks down. But as long as we continue to give ear to God, he'll start to fine-tune that relationship to where you begin to hear his voice and it becomes more clear the more you purpose to have fellowship with him. Amen? You know, we were in just a, a meeting this past weekend, and uh, there were some guest ministers. They're actually both ministers. They're a husband and wife team, but they're from, she's from what, Belgium? And I, can't, I think he's from Africa, but they now uh, are stationed. They became U.S. citizens. They live down in Dallas, Texas now, uh, but she was sharing a story, and my wife would think she was the one that was telling me this story, and uh, so I might not have all the details exactly right, but I'm going to give you the gist of it, but they were ministering overseas into another country, and I guess it was a very impoverished country, and uh, well, I guess one of the poorest, in, poorest nations in the world. And so they went there to minister. And so as they're there in the church, she said she's sitting there uh, while the service is going on, and something keeps stirring on the inside, by the pastor's son a toy. She's like, that's kind of weird. She goes, by the pastor's son a toy. So I just kind of just pushed to the side, and then the next day or the next service, you know, she got that same thing, by the pastor's son a toy. And so she said they got back to the hotel, and uh, her husband's kind of studying and praying, and she comes in, and she says, you know, I think God told me that I'm supposed to buy the pastor's son a toy. And he's like, woman, I'm in here praying, fasting, studying the Word of God, getting ready for tonight, and you're coming in here talking to me about a toy. <laughs> and she said, but I think God's talking to me about a toy. He said, well, then go buy a toy. She goes, well, I can go buy a toy. He'll go on. So she leaves, and she goes out into the city there, and, she, you know, again, very impoverished city. But she's walking down the street, I guess it's a good distance, and finds a toy store, walks into the toy store, and immediately as she walks in, she sees the, the display of the toy, and she goes, that's it. And so she buys it. And I guess it was a very large toy, big box. And so she said, you know, I walked down there. And so now I'm getting back to the hotel. And I've got to carry this big lunking thing. And, you know, just. But anyway, she bought the toy. And so she ends up bringing the toy to the pastor's son boy. And, and what, was, what happened once she actually delivered it? The parents started bawling. They started crying because he had wanted that toy for Christmas, was it? Okay. All right, so he, it was on his list. He wanted the toy. But the father says, I don't have enough money. You can't have the toy or we can't buy it. And so the little boy said, he prayed and says, God, if you can do anything, then I'm praying that you would bless me with that toy. And so she shows up with the exact toy. Parents are crying. And she's thinking, well, what's going on? You know, did I do something wrong? And then they proceed to tell her the story. That's the toy that we couldn't afford. But God sent you all around the world to come here 
and bless our son because he prayed. But here's the thing. Here she's having fellowship with God, and God used her and had the ability to hear God talk to her, and she went and bought a toy. Was it an audible voice? No, it was just an inward stirring. I think I ought to buy him a toy. Now, the unfortunate thing is, is that when we start talking that way, we start getting squirmy in our seats because we think, okay, if God starts talking to me, is he going to start talking about buying something, giving something, giving my money away? What's he going to talk to me about? Because I'm getting real nervous now with kind of where you're heading with this. But see, that's not how it ought to be. And really, when we start thinking that way, what it really reveals is that we're really not acquainted with God. We know him as Savior, but I'm talking about that fellowship of having communion and interaction and just a relationship with God because if we did, we would understand that he's bigger than anything that we'd be concerned with. In fact, for that matter, we use the word God of talking about him. But the word God is not his name. Did you know that? In fact, it's only been a few hundred years ago that he was labeled with the tag God. But if you go back into the scripture and go back into the old time, they didn't call him God. They called him by his name. And he's got a name. But see, the bigness of who God is can't be confined to just a singular name. There's many names of who God is. One of which is Jehovah. Jehovah God. But there's a tag to that name Jehovah. In fact, let me give you a couple of them. He's Jehovah Jireh, which is defined the God that sees ahead and provides. He's Jehovah Nisi, which means God, our banner, he goes before us. Jehovah Shalom, the God, our peace. He's Jehovah Ra, who leads and loves and keeps us safe. He is God Saboeth. He is the God that protects. He is Jehovah Shama. He's always with us. And he's Jehovah Rapha, the God, our healer. And so when you think about it, who he is, his name is Jehovah Healer. He's Jehovah Provider. He's Jehovah Protector. He's Jehovah goes before us and wins the battle. He's Jehovah Shama, our peace. Everything about who God is is his character, his attributes, his nature, but yet we're so worried about what he's going to ask us to do, but the very nature of who he is is all the provision that we need. Amen. What if God asked me to give something? Well, I know Jehovah provider. Well, what if I need healing? Will, will God heal my body? I know Jehovah healer because that's just who he is. Are you tracking with me? And so as we begin to have fellowship with him, we don't just begin to have a relationship with him as, it's God. Like in the Old Testament, he's up on the Mount Sinai and the thunder rumbles and oh, he's a big God. 
And nobody can get to God because he's God. No, he's Jehovah, all that we would ever need. And as we have fellowship with him, that's who he becomes because I get to know him. Are you tracking with me? Now, let me give you a, a little bit of a, a different example, if you will. Hopefully, you'll, you'll get the, the example for the point that I'm trying to make. If you're married and your relationship with your spouse is very distant to where you don't ever have any fellowship and really you only come together or see each other once in a blue moon. And so if all your relationship with your spouse is just once in a blue moon, you come rolling into town that relationship is only going to be based upon the flesh. Because if you never have fellowship, you never get to know the person. Right? The longer that I'm with my wife, I learn her personality. I, I see her looks. I'm like, oh, boy, don't bother her now. Right? You, you learn what she likes, what she doesn't like. You, you, you know how to get her to smile. You know how to get her in the mood. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's all these things that you learn about the personality because of the fellowship that you have. But if you've never had fellowship and it's just once in a blue moon, everything in your relationship is going to be based on the flesh, meaning that when you show up, eventually the personalities are going to clash together because you've not built fellowship with one another and the personality starts to butt heads and you start getting in the flesh would you shut up would you get out of here it's about time you leave now right right you start responding from the flesh or because you've spent so much time apart that now you know what we've not been together for a long time so we're going to take care of some business right now you, you know what I mean I'm keeping it PG because we've got kids in here but what does it mean you, you're going to Get in the flesh because of the distance. Does that make sense? There's no fellowship, so everything is about flesh. And so when it comes to our fellowship with God or our prayer life, if we don't have regular interaction with Him or fellowship or dis talking with Him, then I don't get to know the personality of who He is as healer, provider, protector, the peace of God. And so my exchange with him is always in the flesh. I always interact with him from the flesh. God, I need healing. God, I need protection. God, I need provision. I need peace. I need direction. And where's that coming from? That's coming from my flesh, man, because I need something. Rather than having the fellowship with God and knowing that that's already who he is. When I do decide to pray, when I do decide to have interaction with him, I feel overwhelmed. Because when I pray, there's so many things that I need to pray about. Have you ever felt that way? It's like, man, God, it's been a long time since I talked to you, but man, there is like 50 million things on my prayer list, and where do I start, man, everything? And what ends up happening is like you don't know what to pray for first. I mean, okay, I... And then you get distracted because you start thinking about the one thing you need to pray about. But, man, I need to pray about this. And I, I just I shut down praying from this one because, man, i got to get over on this one. And so everything about my prayer becomes 911 prayers. And that's all from the flesh. 
Does that make sense? Why? Because there's the lack of fellowship. And what I end up wanting to do is I want to pull God in the affairs of my life and I want to bring God into the natural side of the existence or the relationship I have with Him. Does that make sense? Because again, I'm in the middle of something. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been praying, but God, now that I'm praying, everything is like 911 prayer. So <clears throat> I'm trying to pull God into my situation rather than going to God where God is at. See, there's a difference because God wants us to come have fellowship with Him where everything that He is is there. But when all I do is live from a flesh relationship, I keep trying to pull him into mine. Does that make sense? Let me give you some scripture to make that a little more clear. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time and for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when I need it. So did you notice it says that you're going to mess up, but it don't matter whether you mess up. I still can come to God. And when I come to God, he says, I've got help. I've got help just what you needed for help for. And it was just on time help. But notice, I didn't pull God into my situation God said to come boldly into his presence, into that fellowship. And so when I go to where God is, that's when I have the ability to receive from God. And there is a big difference because notice it says come confidently, come boldly, come fearlessly. If all I do is try to pull God into my world there won't be fearlessness, man. I'll be full of fear. God help. Please, God help. Right? But when I'm like, no, I'm going into Jehovah's place. I'm going to talk to, to Jehovah Rapha, my healer. I'm going to talk to Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees ahead and already provides. He's already seen beyond where I'm at right now. He's made the provision, so I'm going to talk to Jehovah about that. Man, my mind is this a whirlwind, and so I'm going to talk to Jehovah Shalom, the God of my peace. Man, he's got peace for me in that place. And just having a regular time of fellowship. In Psalms 16, verse 11, it says this. It says, you will show me the path of life in your presence. Notice it says his presence again. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand is pleasures forevermore. There's joy in his presence. And not just joy, fullness of joy. Come on. The doctor gives you a bad report. Well, am I trying to pull God into my bad report situation? No, let's take my bad report into the place where there's fullness of joy. Over here, when I was trying to pull God into that, oh, God, man, did you hear what the doctor said? I'm bawling and squalling. Oh, my God, they say I'm going to die. I take my report over here into the presence of God. <laughs> oh, 
man, they said I'm going to die, but they didn't know that I know Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals me. Right? See the difference? Because of the fellowship that I have. When I position myself on God's side, everything is from God's view. If I stay on the flesh side, everything is from my head and my intellect. What do I see? It's impossible. What did the doctor say? It's bad. What did the banker say? It's all gone. But if I get over to that place where God is, I see things from his vantage point. (laughs) Come on, man. Impossible? No. All things are possible over here. All the mountains? The mountains over there are immovable. But when I'm over here, we can move mountains. When I'm over there, there's giants. But when I'm over here, man, giants are defeatable. Why? Because I've got fellowship with God. And I see things from his perspective. So therefore, when I get in that place of fellowship, I now have hope. I'm telling you, when you're over here 911 praying all the time, there is no hope. You're scared. You're moved by circumstance. But when you're over here, you're like, wow. I know it said it was bad, but man, I've got hope on the inside. I don't know why I got hope. I don't know why I I see it from a different angle, but we could whoop this thing. Why? Because I'm in the presence of Jehovah, the God that has it all. Amen? Just spending time with him, spending time in prayer. It doesn't take hours. It just takes minutes to have just a consistent fellowship. You can just spend a little time in your car. God, thank you. God, I praise you. God, you're so good. What are you doing? You're not just coming to him and asking for something. You're just just loving on God. Building the fellowship. Building the intimacy. Right? God, you're so good. Thank you. Praise God. And so... When I spend time in prayer, I, well, let me say it this way. There's two types of prayer. I can pray in English or pray in my intellect. And you realize that English or your intellect, or excuse me, just praying in your normal language, you can only pray so far. But then the Bible speaks about praying in the Spirit in a prayer language, it allows you to go further, and it covers everything. And I've talked to the Lord about this, because I mentioned those 911 prayers, was like, God, there are so many things I just need to pray about. It's like, where do I even begin? I mean, it just seems like there are fires everywhere, and so which one do I deal with right now? And the Lord said to me, he said, don't worry about praying from your intellect because you get up in your head and you're looking at all the stuff. But if you'll purpose to pray in the spirit, he said, I can cover them all at the same time. And I said, you can? And he says, do you remember when the Bible says that in creation, the spirit of God or the Holy Spirit hovered over the faces of the waters? 
Now, to begin with, all there was was water. And then he made the land and all, you know what I'm saying? So what it got, the, the Holy Spirit has the ability to cover all the bases. And what I end up doing, I get out of my head and I hook up with my spirit and it gives me peace. I've got it covered, God. Now, God might give you specific direction about praying at different things. And at that point in time, I can begin to engage my intellect and pray it out from a natural standpoint. But as I begin to pray, I can begin to cover the basis. And we are seeing things now that we prayed 20 years ago. It's awesome. I mean, there's things that we've prayed about. And it's like, wow, God, that's just now coming to pass. But we prayed it out. We prayed it back then. Amen? And just as I, I close, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. When you get into that place of prayer, remember how I said there's hope because of the fellowship? You know, obviously we're coming up on a deadline when it comes to our, uh, our uh, mortgage that we have coming up in March, you know. And so from the natural standpoint, I'm just like you. I mean, the natural says, I want to scream. It's like, God. But the Lord had consistently, has been consistently reminded me of the old building in a particular scenario. And so here's, here's the scenario of when we got into that old building. Many of you probably don't even know because you weren't there at that time, but when we bought that building, that building was such a scab of a, man, it was just a mess. We knew it was God. We bought the place, and we renovated it. And I wanted, the, the outside had like two colors of uh, siding and three different colors of shingles on the top. It had all these ragtag stained glass windows. I mean, it was a sight to see. In fact, one of these days, I have to get, dig out pictures so you know what it looks like. So we had renovated the thing, you know, top to bottom, but I wanted to stucco the outside of the building. And I contacted the guy, and he said, I can do it for you for X amount of dollars. Well, I prayed about it, and I said, God, I said, here's what he said it was going to cost. I've got $1,500, or the church has $1,500 in the bank, and that's not nothing. I mean, not even a, a, a start. And he says, go ahead and get it stuccoed. I'm like, okay. So... It's getting closer to the time when he's scheduled to come and start stuccoing the building. And I'm looking at the finances and I'm thinking, oh God, we don't have near nothing of what it requires. And so I'm really starting to contemplate, I ought to just cancel it. And so I started praying about it. And I said, God, I said, should I cancel it? And he said, when you asked me, did you ask me whether you would have the money or did you ask me whether you should go ahead and stucco it? And I said, I asked you, should we go ahead and stucco it? And he said, what did I say? I said, you said, go ahead and do it. And I said, oh, okay, I get what you're saying, Lord. So he came on out. So we paid half of what was needed to begin with. And he said, when it gets done at the end, pay the, the final balance. Well, so he said that it would take him X amount of time. And sure enough, I was watching the, the, you know, the progress, and I'm thinking, okay, it's coming close to an end, man. And sure enough, one day came in. It was a Friday afternoon. The bill was slipped through the door, and it says payments due. And so we had one Sunday, and I'm thinking, God, if you're real, here's a good time to really show up. Now, we hadn't had the money. We still needed half and so, service came. We had three new visitors that particular Sunday. 
They were all doctors, and they all were looking for a church, and they decided to give all in that one day, tithe that they hadn't been giving previous. And so all of a sudden, we had a whopper offering. I'm like, wow! And we had the money to pay for the rest of it. And so God has continually been reminding me of that story because obviously what we're going through right now are the things that, you know, we got a deadline coming up. And so we go up to Sanford to our pastor's church this past weekend. And wouldn't you know it, as they start ministering in the evening service, his message is, and God will do it again. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. And all the while he's saying, and God said, he'll do it again. I'm remembering the story that he kept telling me. Remember when you said, did, did you have the money? He said, did I say it would come in? And I'm like, I'll do it again. And so, as we're praying, God's talking. But you see, that's all fellowship and communication. And I'm like, whoo, praise the Lord, God's going to do it again. God's going to do it again. And here's the other thing. Not only does God speak to you inwardly, how many of you know that God uses the voice of the man or woman of God to speak to you. And it's just as much God talking to you as if whether God was talking to you personally. And so God's saying, I'll do it again. Are you getting this? Hey, Tony, you're hearing this. I'll do it again. He kept saying it. I'll do it again. He'd give an example. I'll do it again. Like, he'll do it again. Praise God. So what am I saying? (laughs) He'll do it again. Amen. Yes, exactly. Fellowshipping with God takes you out of the arena of just living a natural life where you're always looking at the natural circumstances, trying to pull God into it. But when I purpose just to have fellowship with God, talking with Him, God, how are you doing today? God, going to, going to school today, going to work today, yeah, looking to fellowship with you. Whatever the case might be. It doesn't have to be beside your bed. Okay, now I lay me down to sleep, right? I'm talking about just fellowshipping with God. Amen. And what does that do? It builds your awareness of who he is in your life. It tones your ear into his voice to identify it, and it produces a confidence in who God is. I know him. I know him. In fact, if you recall... Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, I think it's in uh, John's gospel, he says, you you know him, speaking of the Holy Spirit, because he's in you and he'll be with you. Man, I know him. Who do you know? I know know him. I know God. I, I go golfing with God. I go driving, taking a Sunday afternoon drive with God. Amen. Man, God and I, we're getting closer and closer all the time. Because I hang out with him. He's my friend. He's my God. He's my everything. That's all I can do. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.